Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Assalamu alaikum This issue of um, man-woman relations is always in the media. It's always something that's being discussed uh, by commentators, by politicians, by intellectuals. And um, recently there's been some discussion after a report that came out that said that half of women in the workplace had suffered um, uh, sexual assault and harassment. Uh, and that's in, you know, that's in Britain, where women have, have, have complained that they're being treated badly uh, in the office. Also, um, students, um, they were saying in freshers fairs, a third of girls uh, reported um, have also having suffered harassment. There's a big problem in, in the Western world. How do, you, how do you deal with this issue of man-woman relations? Um, um, and the East is no different. Um, I think about a week or two ago, a famous actor called Amitabh Bachchan um, in India wrote a letter to his grandchildren um, talking about the state of women uh, in India and in the subcontinent in general. And there he was advocating essentially Western type of ideals of freedom and equality and he was slating how women were being treated in the subcontinent, saying that you're facing big obstacles. You need to chart your own way. You're going to face this, a patriarchal society, but you have to stand up and call for equality. Stand up and be counted. And that's, you know, thrust this whole discussion again in, into, a, uh, into the, the public uh, sphere. People are discussing what's the right way forward. Do we want a Western, the Western, Western ideals in our country or do we want uh, traditional Eastern ideas? And just to take a step back, when we look at this issue of social system, men-women interaction, we find in general um, human beings interact you know, in, on all different levels. So human beings, when we get together, we discuss, we, we, we interact on an economic level. So we need to have rules to, to discuss how, or to legislate how we engage on an economic level. How do we collect money amongst ourselves and distribute it? How do we um, um, ensure that there's fairness in society and that the, the po- poverty doesn't, um, isn't rife? So that's on an economic level. On a political level, there's a discussion also about how we elect a leader, how we remove a leader, how we account them, um, how we, uh, how we, uh, what are the characteristics of a leader. So that's on a political level, how we organise ourselves in a political way. Judiciary as well is also important. What do you do when someone oversteps the boundaries? What are those boundaries? You know, what's the, what's the, um, the rights and roles of the, of the individual? All of these issues are matters that will exist when human beings interact with each other. And social system is also an issue. And this is particularly related to how men and women interact because there are particular problems that will occur when a man interacts with a, with a, with a woman and when men interact with women. Why? Because there's a natural, interaction, natural attraction that exists between male and female. So how do we organise this? And this is different to how we organise ourselves economically or in a judicial way or in a political way. This, is, this results from the fact that men and women are different physically and there's this, interact, there's this attraction that exists between them. So what's the right way to interact between these, 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 two, uh, these two genders? How do you organise that? How do we deal with the issues of, of um, 
who, uh, who is in charge of, of the household, who takes positions in the house, what are the rights and responsibilities of each gender, are they equal, do they have different roles and responsibilities. All of these issues result from this interaction between males and females. So how do we organise that? And I think in general, um, the world is faced with two, two issues, in particular the Muslim community, we're faced with two different directions. So when we look to the, to the um, Muslim world, uh, in general, the subcontinent and perhaps in the Middle East, not specifically Muslims, but in the Eastern model. The Eastern model is what, we, is what is known as the traditional model, how when men and women interact with each other. And, you know, it's very, uh, very um, uh, generalised, what I'm about to say, but, you know, well, I'm going to stereotype a little bit, but generally speaking, the interaction between male and female in the, in the, um, in the traditional sense is very minimalised. The woman's role is, is predominantly where? In the home. Yeah? Her role is to do what mainly? Cook and clean. So she, she's one who has to learn about you know, how to please her husband in terms of making you know, brilliant recipes, how to put the right amount of spices in the biryani, how to make sure that her in-laws are satisfied to keep an immaculate home, um, and to look after the children, make sure they're in bed by uh, 9 o'clock and so on. Yeah, that's her job predominantly. Yeah? That's a d- traditional role. She's, generally speaking, very timid, uh, someone who doesn't answer back to her husband, and it's the husband who is the, in charge of the household. Yeah? He determines what goes on and what doesn't go on. So if he makes a decision, that's final. She's, she's not to answer back or to have her own view about how things should, be, should go in society, in, in the household. Also in society as, as a whole, you'll find that she doesn't play a big role. Um, she's not expected to go out to work, so education isn't that important for a female. They might send her to, perhaps to, um, uh, to a, um, you know, just preliminary education, but over and above that, it's not necessary. And in fact, some people shun that. They think it's not a good idea for her to be in a higher education uh, institution because they're, the opportunity for her to be influenced by, you know, wrong ideas is, is, is a high potential for that, yeah? So they would recommend that she doesn't get educated. Education isn't so important for the female. And so you'll find that there is, there is this this um, this uh, type of uh, um, way of looking at women and men in the, in the society, and you'll find politically speaking, she doesn't have a big role. Economically speaking, she doesn't have a big role. She's not expected to be involved in this in this realm. Yeah. So the man is the one who dominates both in the household and in the uh, society as a whole. And and this you'll find this this attitude, you know, in cu- countries like Saudi Arabia, in Afghanistan, in India, also where the woman is not really expected to play a big role in, in society. So you don't expect the woman to be educated to a high degree. You don't expect her to be challenging in her views or outspoken in her views. You expect her to be quiet and you know, to, to be seen but not, not heard. That's generally speaking. There's a simplification again um, of what a, a woman should be like in terms of the Eastern view. And this clearly has its problems, right? It has its issues. You, know? you can see a woman being subservient in this way, not being allowed to partake in the affairs of society, not being allowed to voice her views and her opinions, not being allowed to be educated. This has its issues. And, you know, I read recently in a, a fatwa that was given by a sheikh in Saudi Arabia, when he was asked about shaking hands, not shaking hands with women, but he said, he was asked about women, women holding hands, the hands of her, their husbands when they're out in the shopping mall. So what he said was, he goes, this is not acceptable, it's not a good thing. But rather what I recommend, this is what the chef said, is that he should tie a rope to his wife if he's worried about losing her in the, in the shopping mall or something similar. Yeah? 
So, you know, when you go out with your wife, you know, a chain or a piece of rope so that she doesn't get lost. And this really epitomizes this view, this Eastern or traditional view of, of women. And you can see why it's not very appealing to both to women and, and to men. And, oh, and, and this is not nothing to do with Islam, by the way. But a lot of these cultural practices you'll find in the Muslim world. But you'll find them also in the non-Muslim world, like places like India, for example, you'll find um, such, uh, such values which predominate. So that's one direction uh, that the world uh, has in terms of how we deal with the man-woman woman thing. The second issue, and this is more dominant in the world today, is the Western view uh, of dealing with men, the men and women relationship. And here you have uh, um, uh, the view that a man and woman should be equal. In the Eastern model, we said that it's a man who is in charge of the household, but in the Western model, it's equal. So the man is meant to treat his wife as an equal. So there's no uh, issue of like, um, um, uh, you know, you're, you're the one who's got to sit down and be told what, what, what's going what's to happen in this household. You, the man has now had to share in the responsibilities of the, of the house. So cleaning, cooking, changing nappies, all of these things, the man now has to partake in some of these things. The woman isn't expected to remain silent. So when her husband says, look, I fancy getting some new curtains, the wife doesn't say, okay, no problem. He, she, she, she can answer back and say, no, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, or, you know, challenge or even make decisions of her own. Yeah? So she's, she's meant to challenge her husband and meant to, you know, um, some, you know, speak out. And sometimes, as they say in, in the West, who wears the trousers in the household? Sometimes it's the wife who does that. Sometimes she's the one who dominates in the household. Sometimes she's the one who's in charge, really. And the husband is the one who's meek and just takes orders from his, from his wife. Yeah? And there's a saying in, in the West, in the olden days, where they say that behind every great man is a great woman. This, this they're saying now, is, is, is you know, old hat. Now it's the it, man and woman are equal. They both have the same responsibilities. If the husband wants to go out and, and work, so should the woman go out and work. Her career is just as important, if not more important, than that of her husband. Yeah, so this is so equality in terms of going out and looking after, you know, dealing with these things. So the husband has to also expect that he will have to stay at home some days, not go out with the lads, but stay at home some days and look after the children while she goes out to work or she goes out to an office meeting or goes and meets with her friends. He's expected to stay at home sometimes. This is unthinkable in the, you know, in the, in the traditional traditional uh, model, yeah? With the husband who makes the decisions, she's always going to be at home to stay and look after the kids. You know, that's, that's a given. Whereas here, in this model, you'll find that the man has to make compromises. He has to treat his wife as an equal. He has to expect that she will expect him to sometimes to stay at home, look after the children, and participate in the chores. Yeah? And he, she, he also, she also um, uh, has to... Um, she, feel, she feels that she's a contender in the household in terms of saying that he's the one who makes decisions, she feels that she wants to partake in, these, in, in what goes on in the household and outside of that. So where they want to go and live, what career path that they're going to both you know, undertake. He should, he should feel it necessary to discuss all of these things with his wife as equal partners. Now this all sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah? When you talk about equality, it sounds really good. Yeah? That the, the husband and the wife are going to be equal in the household and share in these, in these, um, these issues. But just as in the Eastern model, there are problems with this. Just as in the Eastern model where the woman is subservient, she doesn't play a part in the, in the household, and it's not a feasible model to, to create a society which is uh, flourishing, which creates a society which is healthy and uh, progressive. This also has its problems, because now you have an issue of the husband and the, and the wife that are competing in terms of 
who's, you know, who, who wears the trousers in the household? Is it my career that's important or your career that's important? Yeah? And there are no rules and regulations in dealing with this. So, you know, you almost like, you know, play it by ear. I want to go to this meeting. No, you, you know, you went to your meeting last week. You went out with your lads, with the lads last week. That's my turn to have a girls' night out. Yeah, you'll have all of this type of discussion going on. This, this thing, equality means that there, it's a recipe for conflict. More than that, even though equality is being used as a buzzword, what's behind this this term is really it's about being the woman wanted to be more like the man. Yeah, and that causes untold amount of competition. And um, disaster for the society as a whole. Because when you say that the woman now wants to concentrate on her on her sorry, on her um, on her career and on the on the uh, seeking of, of her own financial independence, what does that mean really for the household and for the family? It means that if the children have to suffer with you know with childcare and with a nanny who doesn't really, who's not, isn't really bothered, yeah, so be it. Because my career is important, just as important as my husband's career. Yeah, so childcare becomes an issue. Sometimes they'll even shun having children. One, you've had people who delay having children or even forget having children. They think, well, this is not an issue because I want to enjoy my life. I want I want financial independence. I don't want some snotty-nosed little, you know, uh, kid who you know is always in nappies and you know it's going to take time out of my my life. When I want to concentrate on a career, this is important to me. So some may even decide not to have children as a result of this. They'll make these these decisions uh, with regards to this. So, it causes all kinds of problems. And that competition that exists in the society between the male and the female will cause, will cause havoc. Because many, uh, you'll find many um, um, uh, marriages or relationships will break up in the West. Because they, they can't really come to an agreement as to who, ha- who has the responsibilities for what. Roles are not defined in, in the West. So, you're, you're walking into a, a relationship with someone in the West and not knowing what, you, what to expect. Someone will expect to go out and do as she pleases. So the, she may say, for example, you know, you, you have male, female friends at work and you go out to parties with them. Why can't I go out with, with male friends as well? Why can't I go out with, with Jim and Dan for, you know, for a night out, a platonic relationship that we have? But you have to expect that. Because you go out with Sandra and, and uh, Sally. Yeah? So she said, well, why can't I go out with my male friends as well? So you have this sort of thing that goes on in society. So it's a recipe for conflict and... Um, um, it causes problems in, in the household and in, in the family as a whole. And at the heart of this, this model for the, for in the West are these two concepts of freedom and, and benefit. And the first issue of freedom is the, is the idea that every human being has the right to choose the path that he pleases in his life, or she pleases in, in the life in this case. Yeah? I can do whatever I like. I can carve out my own space. I can do what I, what I, like, what I like with my life. No one can tell me what to do. Whether it's a religion whether it's a creator, whether it's another man. No one can tell me what I, I, should, I, can do in my, I should do in my life. I choose. I'm the boss. Yeah? This is an idea of, uh, of freedom. And the other, I, the other concept is, is the one of benefit, which is that my life is like maximising my pleasure. I want to do whatever gives me pleasure in my life. So whether it's you know, spending time at work, whether it's taking as much time going on holidays or spending time with my husband so, so we don't have any children, whether it's you know ignoring my parents because they're you know they're paying pain you know not going to visit them, all the, the whole life centre around this issue of achieving benefit, and these two concepts are at the centre of the Western way of life when it comes to the man-woman relationships, and that will mean of course things like not having children. That will mean marriage is dead because why you know why why have a marriage? Some some will say look you know 
let's have a relationship just outside of marriage. You know, I don't know if you've heard of this this thing called TED Talks. Have you ever seen TED Talks? They've seen this. These guys supposed to be for intellectuals and professionals, and really, you know, they they sort of promote these high fluted ideas. And one of the one of the talks that I listened to, which is, you know, it's, it's bizarre, is that it's a psychologist who's saying to people that it's good to have an affair. She was arguing that society needs people to go, go out and have affairs. We are by nature polygamous, both male and female. And it's good for relationships if we have this expectation that, look, my husband, my wife is going to go and do something outside of marriage. We should expect that's going to happen. And it's actually good for the relationship. Yeah? That's what happens when man, or woman in this case, decides what's right and what's wrong. Because yeah? she said, well, what's wrong with that? There's no problem with that. Forget what the Creator says, that it's, you know, it's sin and it's wrong. But when humans decide or you know, they make decisions about their own lives, this is what you'd expect. So marriage is, you know, is, a, is, a, is an, um, uh, an old institution. It's a traditional institution. Why get married? What's the point of it all? Yeah? So you have civil relationships, if, if you wish. That's what happens when you have freedom and benefit, which rules the roost. More than that, even this issue of male and female has become outdated. So now, for example, if you want to sign up to Facebook, yeah, you know you, the old days you'd have you know, male or female. Yeah? Now, how many different choices do you have? Does anyone know how many choices you have on Facebook? Do you want to sign up for what gender you want to be? Have a guess. Okay, I've got Facebook here, I'll take it. Yeah? At, least, at least three, I'd say, maybe a few more. Three. Fifty-eight different choices you've got. Wow. Yeah? So depending on what you want to be, and there's a lot of different options you've got, yeah? A transgender, agender, cis man, cis woman, don't ask what they mean, but they're, 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 they're trusting, yeah? So you, you, all these different choices you have when you go in there. So imagine, you know, a situation down the line when you have 58 different toilets you can go into when you go into a hotel. It boggles the imagination, isn't it, yeah? Boggles the imagination. But this is what happens again. When you, um, yeah, you've seen, you've seen. No, no, just have one toilet. <laughs> or, yeah, or you have one toilet, that's right. So, they make their, they make their um, decisions based on, you know, what they see fit. Freedom makes man sovereign. He makes a decision, or, or in, you know, in this case, women, or anything else in between, yeah? They make the decisions about how we live our lives. So, if you want to be a man on a Monday and Tuesday, you can. And then Wednesday to, to the weekend, you can be female if you want to be. Or not choose a gender, you can do that. Yeah? This, is what, this is what this idea of freedom, freedom means. On top of that, this, these ideas have also meant that women are further exploited in society. It doesn't mean that they've got, you know, they, that because they've introduced equality, that things are all hunky-dory. And I mentioned this, these ideas of, this idea of equality sounds very good. That man and woman has the same roles and responsibilities in society. But actually they don't. Because if you look in society t- today, look at the pressures that women have in looking good. And, and making sure that they, 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 they look the part. Plastic surgery is a big thing, right, in, in, in the Western world. What percentage of women do you think go for plastic surgery as opposed to men? What percentage do you think is men and women? Have a, just have a guess. Have a guess. Women 70%? 91% of women. Yeah? Why do you think women go for plastic surgery as opposed to men? Well, 90%, 90% of men, you know, men, men aren't really bothered about what they look like. When they get to a certain age, it's all downhill, yeah? So be it, yeah? But for a woman, why is it a big, why is it a big deal? Why is society placed so much high expectations on the way a woman looks? And why is she pressurised to feel that, you know, I need to look the part? Why is it that a third of women at any one time are on a diet? Why is that the case? 
You know, I'm sure none of us were on diets here, alhamdulillah, yeah? but what, women are under pressure to look a certain way. Yeah? Why, why is that the case? That's right, so society, so society has these expectations. They have these expectations that a woman should look a particular way. And on top of that, you know, I mentioned about the, um, the uh, assaults that take place uh, in, in, um, in the workplace and at universities. But every six minutes in the, in, in the UK, every six minutes a woman gets raped in this country. So women don't have it good in a society like this. And it comes down to this, these ideas of freedom and benefit. You know, the man wants to, in, wants to enact his instincts. And I mentioned at the beginning that there is this, this natural attraction that exists between the two. So naturally in that society, when you put men and women together, you create as much uh, you know, uh, mixing as possible. That's what they believe should happen. Men and women should interact as much as possible. That's what it's all about, to enjoy themselves. This is what happens. Women are under great pressure to look a certain, certain way, and men are, you know, will, will go out of their way to, you know, to do things which are, you know, from Islam are prohibited. Yeah? Because this is, what, this, is what human, this is what human beings will do. When you leave them to their own devices, when you leave them to, to when they make choices themselves, this is what human beings will do. So, it's very clear that both, both the Eastern and Western model, Western model being backed by freedom and benefit, have failed the world. So the world really needs a new system, a new uh, way of organising man-woman relationships. And we see, you know, we see it back home, there's a problem, and we see a problem here, living, living here in the West. Now even though the West are very good at projecting their image uh, as being a very positive image, it still has its issues. And bear in mind, you know, we as Muslims living, living here in the West, we're facing these two, almost at a crossroads between either the, the Eastern model or the Western model. We don't like the Western model, but we also look at the Eastern model and think, what's, you know, what's, what's that? It's this cultural baggage that we have. But really, Islam gives us a third way. Islam, uh, uh, w- if we look at it, gives us the right way of engaging men and females, females and, and males, such that they interact where necessary, in a productive and a healthy manner, um, but in a, in a way such that the, the, uh, this instinct, that it, this, this uh, natural attraction that exists between male and females, isn't channeled in the wrong way. Yeah? But at the same time, men and women will na- interact naturally in society to benefit society. So women can be teachers, women can, be, can go work, can be engineers, can be doctors, can do all of these things, but it's done in such a way uh, that, um, that doesn't compromise man-woman relations. The Prophet said in the Hadith, in terms of epitomising the attitude that Muslim, Muslim males should have towards uh, Muslim women and women in society in general. He said, That very women are the sisters of men. So a man, when he looks at a woman, not unlike in the West, when they look at her from a point of view as, how can I satisfy my, my, um, my instinct? Or, you know, what does she look like? You know, she, you know, she, she, you know in terms of her, her looks, in Islam, we don't look at her in that way. We look at her as a sister. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned also, in Allah Ta'ala, يُوسِيكُمْ بِالنِّسَاءِ خَيْرًا he, Allah Ta'ala, he advises you to treat the women well. فَإِنَّهُنَّ أُمَهَاتُكُمْ وَبَنَاتُكُمْ وَخَلَاتُكُمْ For verily they are your mothers, they are your daughters, and they are your aunties. So a Muslim man is told, when he looks at a woman, he has a look at them, you know, in, in, a, in the way that males will look at women in this society here but they, we look at them they are our sisters they are aunties they are our, they are mothers yeah that's how we look at uh, we look at women so there is a natural uh, there is a natural way of looking at uh, there is a there is a way of a, 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 um, an attitude 
that Islam engenders within males in the society. That women are not to be exploited, not to be treated in a particular way, not to be sexualized, but to be looked upon as sisters, to be looked upon as people who are your, you know, your, like your relatives. Don't, you know, don't um, uh, eye them up or look at them in a, in a particular way. More than that, Islam gives, a, gives um, specific roles for males and females. Gives them roles for males and females. We don't start from the point of view of equality by saying, look, they're equal, how can the man, how can we make the man equal to the female? We don't start off from that perspective. We say that we believe in Islam, and Allah Ta'ala, he, he tells us this, that the woman has a role, and the man has a role. So, the Prophet said in the hadith, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مِنْ بَنُوا آدَمْ سَيِّدٍ Every, every soul, every human, human of Banu Adam is a master. فَالرِّجَالُ سَيِّدُ أَهْلُهُ So, the man, the men are so, for, for, sorry, for Rajul, Sayyidu Ahlu. So the man is a, is a master of his family. And the woman is the mistress of her household. So the man has a role, the woman has a role. We don't have any hang-ups about that. The, her role is to look after the household, to look after the, the, the children, to look after, you know, the, essentially the running of the, of the, um, of the house, so she's the, he said, the home minister, and the husband has the responsibility of the of, of of issues outside of that. However, that doesn't mean that she's not allowed to go and work. Islam gives her the right to go and work and to engage in society, providing her 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 femininity isn't isn't compromised or being utilized in a particular way. So you can't use a woman to advertise certain things. You can't use a woman, for example, as an air hostess to to you know show her beauty in order to you know, to get, um, you know, to whatever, to do in, as part of her job. She's not allowed to do all of these things. But other professions where her, her femininity isn't compromised, she's allowed to work like a, human, like a man is. But her priorities, as, as some has mentioned, are towards her family and towards looking after their household. That's her priorities. And we don't have, you know, any hang-ups about that. She has a role and a man has her role. So there's no competition. So Islam, you know, nips that in the bud. There's no, you know, when you get into a, into a relationship... You know, what's your role, what's my role? Islam mentions that. Mentions what the, their roles, the roles are. So there's a, an atmosphere of cooperation and interaction that exists within that society. So, Islam puts down those roles of engagement. What about that, that natural attraction that exists between males and females? Well, in the public sphere, Islam asks the woman to dress in a particular way. Here we know the, 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 the woman has to have everything covered except for her face and hands. So that minimizes the, inter- the, the attraction that exists between males and females. More than that, pre-mixing is prohibited in, in society. Interactions exist only where necessary. So if you're, you know, um, for example, paying your taxes and, a, and the teller is a, is a female, that's fine. You, you engage on that basis. If your teacher is a, is a female, fine. If you're, you know, the receptionist is a female, fine. Yeah, these, the interactions where necessary can exist. Pre-mixing, so interaction where... Where, uh, where it's unnecessary these things are not allowed more than that the man is asked to lower his gaze so he's not meant to you know, you know google women and to walk down the street just looking at everything you know, around him so this is a, again uh, something that minimises uh, unhealthy interaction that exists within society but that interaction that, that attraction needs its outlet right it needs an outlet this, this uh, um, natural attraction that exists between males and females needs an outlet. And in Islam, we have the institution of marriage, which is something sacred. The Prophet said in the hadith, there's nothing for, between two, 
people that love each other except for nikah. Yes, if people love each other, the only relationship that should exist is that of nikah, as the Prophet said. Yeah? And this is a key institution, because this is the institution which is the bedrock of society which is there to raise children. But it's also a natural outlet for this interaction, that exi- this, this attraction that exists between males and females. It's a natural outlet for this, um, so that um, it doesn't go out into society and causes mayhem and problems as they exist in the Western, in the Western world. So, then what that means for us in, in terms of the society, in terms of this third way, it means we can have engagement, productive engagement in society, healthy engagement, which means that society will flourish economically and it will prosper in that way, but you will have clear roles between the males and females, clear roles and clear uh, lines of engagement between the males and the females. Yeah? And we also protect the family, we protect the, the women, woman from exploitation, and we are able to then nurture the correct attitude between males and females. Okay, so they, they, we interact. We don't say that the woman should stay at home and not go outside. That she's not allowed to voice her opinion. We expect, and Islam expects, that the woman to engage in enjoying good and forbidding evil. So she should be active politically. She should speak out against the injustice of, of, of rulers, if, if that exists. Injustice of of of, uh, of the um, of the Khalifa or anything like this, and also engaging da'wah towards the non-Muslims. We should expect that should should take place. Um, so all of these things uh, will, will still exist. The woman participates in the public life just as the male does, but she has a role in terms of looking after the the household. So there's no pressure on her to compete with the, with a man, and because in societies like this in the West. Where a woman is pushed to, to compete, you'll find a situation by the, by, by, in which the woman goes out to work, but who do you think comes home, does all the dishes and looks after the household afterwards? It's the woman. Generally speaking, even though they, they talk about equality, generally speaking, surveys still show that it's the woman who does the, the lion's share of the, of the work in the household. And you know, you know, I've worked to, with women and they say that. When they get home, it's them who come home and have to do the cooking, it's them who have to go and you know, do the cleaning and do the washing and all this sort of stuff. So they've got a raw deal in this society. Mm. Do you compare that with Islam, whereby the woman is, you know, she's predominantly looking after the household, she can go and work, but all, all her efforts are, you know, go to her pocket. And she has 24 access to her husband's wallet, whenever she needs it, yeah? So she doesn't have to go to work, yeah? She doesn't have to go to work. But she has the, the permission to do that, yeah? So Islam allows for her to, pr- to productively engage in that society. And on top of that, she has a huge honour of being a mother. Yeah, in a society like this, they demean this, the, the institution of, uh, of marriage and family. So when, when a woman says, you know, I'm a, I'm a housewife, what comes to mind is, is what? When people say, I'm a housewife, what do people think? You don't work. You don't work. What, what are you? You're a, you don't work. Housewife. You're a housewife, you're, you're a slave. You're a slave. Yeah? You're a sponger. You, came in, you probably came in to support. You're not, you're not doing anything productive, are you? Yeah? But in Islam, being a mother is a, is a, you know, is a huge honour. It's a huge uh, you know, a, a responsibility. It's something that gains great reward in the eyes of Allah SWT. So, this is really a, that, that, that concept is really a, a reflection of how uh, they look at the institution of family and marriage. Yeah? And, you know, really, at the basis of all this, we mentioned this is, you know, it makes sense in terms of how it will work in society, it makes sense. It it's works better as a model than the Eastern and the Western models for human uh, male-female interaction. But at its very basis, 
is the fact that this has been legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should expect, expect no, nothing other than that from, from him. Yeah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, he says in, um, um, in, in one verse um, that if, does he not know best the, 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 um, the creation? Yeah? Um, he's the one who created us. He's closer to us than Habdul Warid, you know, Ajabi Levain. He knows his best. Yeah? So he's the one who's got his best place to legislate between males and females and how best they should interact in such a way which is productive and not going to cause problems in, in, the, in the society. So this has its intellectual basis. This is not just a model we're, we're putting forward as a community. Think, well, this would work out very well. What, what do you think? Yeah? This, it, its intellectual, intellectual basis is that this is legislated by Allah Ta'ala. Yeah? This Allah Ta'ala has give, given us his system and he's the one best place so that, such that they will not cause difficulty for the woman and not difficulty for the man. So in conclusion, our job as a, as a community uh, and as Muslims living here in, in, the, in the West is to show... Uh, not just the Muslim community, but the whole world, that they're facing a false dilemma. This Eastern and Western model models aren't really the only thing out there on the market. Because people think either, you know, for, especially for the younger generation, when girls who are growing up in a society like this, or even in the Muslim world, they'll think, well, all I've got is either this, going, you know, going down that road, or going down that road. Yeah? And there was a, there's a program you can watch on, uh, on um, uh, YouTube, uh, it was a survey done by the BBC about inequality, in, uh, gender inequalities. And they, they looked at the, the survey that would have been published about, um, I think about a year ago, between different um, countries. And they looked at many different countries in the Muslim world, uh, in the Arab world, and, and, and in the West. And they found that there were huge amounts of inequalities. Number one was Iceland, uh, somewhere down... Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Somewhere down um, the, the list was, um, uh, was Britain. But right down at the bottom was Jordan. So this guy was, who did the programme, he, he visited these various countries, he went to Iceland, came to, of course he's from Britain, so he interviewed people here, and he went to Jordan. And what was interesting there, he interviewed some young girls in all of these different countries, and he asked them questions. And this girl from Jordan, that he interviewed, you know, he, he, he asked them, Look, you know, don't you think it's really you know, tough here that you, you as a, a girl can't go out late at night like your brother can? And they interview their brother, and his brother says, I'll go out whenever I want. I'll go out with my mates, I'll go out smoking, I'll go, you know, do whatever I want. I can, I can have a girlfriend if I want as well. And they ask the girl, so, well, you know, this is what your brother said. You know, what do you think? She goes, you know, I wouldn't mind smoking as well. I wouldn't mind having a boyfriend, or my dad would kill me. Yeah? So, so that, that, this is the issue. When you've got, you know, uh, and the dad was, they interviewed the dad as well. And the dad said, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want you to do this stuff. I do believe in equality, but this is wrong. Yeah? So, the point of me mentioning that is that there's confusion in the Muslim world as well. We think we're safe, we're safe if we go back home to our countries, yeah? But there's just as much confusion because they're very good at exporting their ideals to the Muslim world. And they, you know, they, they um, package it very well, yeah? They've got a rubbish product, but they've got very good salespeople, yeah? When they go out there, they, they say, well, you know what? Look at this equality we've got in our countries or in Iceland, for example, where a woman can do whatever she wants. She can smoke if she wants to. She can have a boyfriend if she wants to. Wouldn't it be great if you had that in the Muslim world as well, or, you know, or anywhere else in the world? Yeah? So we're being bombarded, you know, in the Muslim world and here as well, that there you've got this, this, this uh, way of doing things, your Eastern way, and you've got the Western way, and the Western way is much better. So our job really is to understand what Islam has to say about 
gender relations. I mean, I've just given a, a short summary, but there are lots of details here about how Islam is, looks at the male and the, and the female relations. And not just for the Muslim community alone. We've got to think bigger than just the Muslim community, how we can protect and, and you know, nurture these ideals within our community alone. But these values, this system, is for the whole world. The whole world needs it. India, you know, majority Hindus, they need this system. You see, you hear these stories, these you know, disgusting things that go on in India. You know, the way they look at women in India is, is you know, despicable. Uh, and you know, many parts of the, of the, you know, the non-Muslim world. So the world really needs Islam, just as, as much uh, as the Muslim world really, really needs Islam. And the other thing I'd say is that the, these attacks on Islam are so all-pervasive that it's come to a stage where Muslims even argue on the basis of freedom and benefit. You know, a few weeks ago we had this Burkini discussion, you know, about you know, a woman, um, you know, this issue in France, between you know, women allow, being allowed to wear the Burkini or not. And I've seen a number of interviews where women are going out to say, you know, this is, this is wrong to ban this, 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 this garment on, on French beaches. And what were they saying? What were, they, what were our sisters saying when they were saying we should, we should allow the Burkini? We are free to choose what we need. That's right, they were saying we're free. We're free to choose that whether we can wear a Burkini or not, or we can wear a Burkini. Burkini, Burkini, you know, it's up to us to choose what we want to wear. But is this right? Is this, is this the reason why a woman wears burkini or hijab or... You know, no, it's not the reason why. Is it? The reason why, as we mentioned here, is that this is what Allah and His Messenger would like us... This is how He would like us to live our lives. So this, these concepts of freedom, this co- the concept of benefit, have become all-pervasive such that we start to argue on the, on, you know, on the basis of these things. So you have to be wary that, uh, of, of these ideals creeping into the Muslim community by stealth. So I just say, in, in conclusion, that the world really suffering under the yokes of freedom and, and benefit. And it's not just our community alone, Muslim community, we've got to think bigger than that. We've got to think that the whole world is suffering from this. And this ideology, this ideology of freedom, capitalism, of, 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 um, uh, of secularism, has caused problems not just in, in, gender, uh, in the gender uh, department, but also in, in terms of inequality, in terms of injustice in the world. It's caused all kinds of problems in the world. So it's Really, for us as Muslims um, living here in the UK, who've seen both sides of the, of the, of, you know, of the, of the argument and seen both models being presented to us, I think we're in an ideal position to demonstrate to the wider community, to the Muslim community certainly, how Islam um, is the solution to the failure of, of freedom and, and democracy and, and liberty uh, in, in the world at large. And inshallah ta'ala, we are able to demonstrate uh, the beauty and the practical nature and the effective nature of Islam and uh, you know, and the fact that it's based on it, it's, it's something that's based on uh, on um, on an intellectual foundation. Alhamdulillah. Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe. Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.